You're listening to Podcast Rescue. My name is Cliff Duvenois. This is episode 30. Hey there, are you struggling with your podcast? Well, then let's change that. Here, we're going to share the strategies, tips, and tricks that you need to make your podcast a thriving part of your business. Welcome to Podcast Rescue. Hello, my fellow entrepreneurs. How are you doing on this fine and lovely day? As I'm recording this episode, I am hearing the wind howl outside and it makes me think winter is coming actually it's probably a sign that winter is coming back (laughs) it's uh we're towards the end of february and this winter has been very weird for us i love to ski i love to be on the snow and for whatever goofball reason or another we have had just those wild fluctuations going from uh, zero degrees all the way up to 40 degrees which is not conducive to keeping snow on the ground. The weatherman, of course, is having us believe that within the next 24 to 48 hours, we're going to get dumped with five to 10 inches of snow. Of course, the last time that he made all of these grave predictions and everybody did all this grocery shopping and batten down the hatches, I think we got two inches. So not a lot uh, really to speak about, but that's okay. If I get the opportunity to squeak a day out and go skiing again, uh, I would much rather do that. Last week was supposed to be my ski trip. However, comma, I came down with the Michigan crud. Because of that, I decided to do a steady diet of sleep, NyQuil, and peace to just get the crud out of my system. So if my pipes sound a little funny today, it's because of that. I'm at the tail end of it, but we will bear with it and get to our main topic, which is YouTube video podcasting. This particular topic comes up because I've actually had a number of clients actually ask me about this. Like, hey, what do you think about using video, right? What do you, should I be using video for, you know, for my podcast? And is there going to be, uh, you know, a way for us to be able to, um, you know, to use this in the future? What would you recommend? How should I go about implementing it? And I have a lot of thoughts on this particular issue, which is probably the reason why I have a podcast in the first place. (laughs) But the moral of the story is, I want to talk a little bit about this whole process, YouTube and podcasting. Now, first off, I got to say, it doesn't surprise me that Google, who owns YouTube, but Google decided to get into podcasting this way. And the reason why is because If you go back to the origins of Google, their entire purpose is to serve up the best content. So when you go to google.com and you type in, you know, what should I feed my dog? They want to give you the best results possible, right? What is the best content that's out there? Not schlock, not keyword stuffing or anything else like that. Those guys at Google are pretty smart. They know and understand that Typically, you can find your answers uh, within the first page of Google. And that's the whole reason why a lot of SEO experts will tell you that if you're not on the first page, (laughs) you might as well not even exist, right? So that's the competition. Get on the first page. Actually, ideally get in the first three search results. And a lot of people spend a lot of time creating really good content and paying uh, SEO experts a lot of money to make sure that they are in the top three. Or the alternative to this is running ads. So you have people writing content, which is very easy for Google to be able to index. 
the flip side of the coin next of course comes video right google acquires youtube they buy them out and youtube is all about you know these content and people uploading videos to it all the time content that they are making content that they're you know trying to convince people oh you can get more leads and all this other good stuff right there all the time putting it out there and Google has done a lot of work and a lot of effort to be able to provide a transcription service to be able to tell what is in your particular video. And while there seems to be some struggling going on, because I know Facebook, you can upload a video and click a button and it will actually provide you with the transcript. I haven't seen that inside of YouTube, which is a little bit of a shame. Uh, so I don't know really what's going on behind the scenes there. I do know that there's a lot of people out there making a lot of good money teaching you how to add the right keywords to your particular uh, you know, episode or your podcast, or your, your video, excuse me. So that way, if you are producing a video, you put it out there, people will be able to find it. Of course, if they like your content, they hit the subscribe button, right? So it's not surprising to me at all that Google has jumped into the podcast game and and they are betting pretty heavily on it and they've put a lot of money into taking a certain section of YouTube and turning it into podcasting. Now, I have not been very bullish on this point and there's a couple reasons for it and I want to make sure that we we walk through these so that way you can understand that the advice that I'm going to give you towards the end is colored under this particular lens, that you're always keeping this in the back of your mind. If we go back in time, there was a point where Google had launched AdSense. It was brand new, nobody had ever seen it before, but you could actually bid on a search term. Gary Vaynerchuk from VaynerMedia, very prolific online social media kind of guy. He loves to tell the story that he was bidding against the search term wine. And he was bidding five cents a click. You think about that, wine. How many people are typing wine into a search engine? Being able to do five cents a click is just absolutely amazing. And a lot of businesses actually were built on this very same concept. They realized that people were using Google to search for certain terms. So let's just slap up a sales page and we'll put it out there. And we're paying five cents a click. We're paying three cents a click. We're paying 10 cents a click, whatever that might be. And you had all these million dollar businesses pop up. So what happened to all these businesses? Well, Google came along one day and said, you know what? We are going to raise our rates. It's no longer going to be five cents a click. It's going to be $5 a click, right? It's just something incredibly, like almost like a tenfold increase in what they were, what they were charging. And some people were like, oh, okay, we'll pay that whatever, no, you know, no matter what that is. However, a lot of businesses went under because they couldn't afford to pay a dollar a click or $5 per click. They would easily go broke. So all these businesses vanished. And of course, there was some outcry, people saying it's not fair and all these other things. But you got to remember something. Google is a business. They will run everything that they do like a business, including search, including AdSense. They have stockholders. They have payrolls. They are, they are paying for all this equipment, right? Every time that we go to Google and type in a search, there's some kind of a server out there, some kind of a physical machine that is out there providing you with results. When you're using the Gmail service, right? Even if you're using the free Gmail service, 
there is still some kind of a physical asset that somebody has to maintain out there. So a lot of engineers are getting paid a lot of money to make sure that when we go and use Google, that the entire process is absolutely seamless, right? They've got overhead, they've got bills to pay, they, you know, they got, you know, electricity that they got to pay for the whole nine yards. So they can change it whenever they want. The reason why is because when you start using a service like AdSense, there's a little box in there that you have to check that says, I have read the terms and conditions. It doesn't say that this is a contract. Google is not obligated in any way, shape, or form because you were paying five cents yesterday that you're going to pay five cents six months from now or six years from now or 60 years from now. Terms and conditions can change whenever they want. And trust me, I know we, none of us read those. But some attorney somewhere has actually put in the terms and conditions that they can change the terms and conditions whenever they feel like it. Right? If they want to raise their rates, they can raise their rates. Nothing was more evidence than when YouTube came online. Right? Google buys YouTube. Everybody's uploading videos to YouTube. YouTube is running ads against that content. And they say, you know what? Because you guys are creating the content, we are going to do a revenue sharing model with you. We're going to you know, charge these people, like let's say, you know, 10 cents to run their ad. We'll take five cents. You'll get five cents, right? As content creators. And this is great because now all of a sudden you can make a living being a YouTuber. And of course, this blew up into a whole industry and everybody teaching you how to do this and do that stuff, da, 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 da. But the point being is that everybody was making money. If you had, let's say, you know, a couple hundred subscribers and you were producing content and, you know, YouTube would come along and be like, oh, you know what? You made $5 this month. You made $10 this month. You made $50 this month, right? And they would hold on to a certain point and then they would say, okay, you've reached our minimum threshold of like, let's say 50 bucks, whatever that might be. We will now deposit that money into your account. Well, one day YouTube decided they weren't going to do that anymore. You had to have a certain number of subscribers. You had to have a certain number of hours that people actually watched. And of course there was rioting in the streets and it's not fair and all these other things. It doesn't matter. Why? Because YouTube is a business. They have to make money. They've got to report back to their stockholders. Right? Google bought them, so they obviously want to make their money back. But YouTube changed their terms of conditions. And you know what? We all adapted just fine. We're still using YouTube. YouTube is still the second largest search engine on the planet. It's still the largest video platform out there on the planet. So even though there was all this crying and gnashing of teeth and it's not fair, guess what? We're still uploading content to YouTube. So I point this out because I want you to understand that using YouTube as a video platform is inherent to changes. Just because what I'm going to share with you today and how it works today, that could change six weeks from now. That could change six months from now. That could change next year. YouTube can, can do whatever they want, whenever they want, and there's nothing that you and I can do or say about it for that matter. That's going to change anything about it. So with that being said, the golden question that I get is, should I use or should I think about using video with my podcast? So for me to really educate myself on this particular answer and how to be able to use it, it's usually, for me, it's a two-step process. First, I want to take a look at what other people out there are doing. And second off, how could I start to do this today? 
Now, I, I say this because I want you to understand that when I go out there and I look at YouTube, I look at their podcast page, I see the podcasts that are out there, and there's a lot of video podcasts that are out there. Most of these podcasts that are out there, millions of, of subscribers, right? They are making money off of this. They have teams of people that are working for them. So it's very easy for them to sit down with a microphone and a camera, be able to record all of this yummy footage. Re release an audio component onto the different platforms that are out there, but also too, to be able to release a video component as well. They've got somebody doing it. Now, if you are a solopreneur, right? If you're a, a one-person shop, or maybe if you're a two-person shop, you may not have the bandwidth in your schedule to be able to do this. Because remember, you have to do things like pay bills. You have to do things like business development. You might have to do things like take your kid to a soccer game, or you might have to do any number of these things. So just remember that for every layer that you are adding, and of course I see people all the time like, oh yeah, you just create a video. It's a da 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 da. You have to keep in mind that this is going to add to your schedule. So you need to ask yourself, right, if this is going to be something that is going to be beneficial for you. It's not mandatory. Audio podcasts are not going away by any stretch of the imagination. Why? How can I say that? It's simple. People listen to podcasts because they can do something else while they're listening to the podcast in the background. This is the nature of podcasts. I listen to a bulk of my podcast while I'm driving down the road. But you know what? Every blue moon when I'm out for a walk, I put a podcast on and I listen to it. Ditto if I'm out working in the yard or if I'm working around the house, I can have a podcast playing on the speaker and it's playing at the same time. I don't have to watch the video format. All I care about is the audio. So whether that you know, happens to be Spotify or Apple Podcast or even YouTube for that matter, it doesn't matter as long as I can hear the audio. That's what the most important thing is. So do not lose sight of that. Don't sacrifice your consistent schedule for audio for the sake of video. So I just want to make sure that that is clear. Now, when I do go and I take a look at these videos that are out there, and there's a term that I want to, to share with you that uh, it's called production value. When you go and you watch a movie on the big screen, right? And we are all the time where we're sitting there, wow, you know, this movie was on, you know, it took them $30 million to make, took them $100 million to make, took them $500 to make. What we're talking about there is the production value, right? The highest quality video that we can possibly produce more along the lines of people can be entertained while they are watching this particular movie. And when you add production value to a movie, obviously it takes a long time to make. As of this recording right now, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania has come out. This is something that they have been working on for months. And it's teams of people that are working on this. And this is why movies are so expensive. The more time that you spend working and editing and trying to do special effects and you want to have a banner fly in with some information and doing all, every time that you do this, right? Every time that you add a layer of complexity, you are now adding to the production value, which it will look great, but it's going to suck up a lot of your time. The rule of thumb that I always hear is that it's typically eight hours for video. It's typically eight hours for every one minute. So you can imagine just how much time is involved 
if you wanted to create a 10 minute video, if you wanted to create a 20 minute video, right? How could you streamline that process? And usually when you're really good at talking at the microphone, you know exactly what it is that you wanna say and you've got fluid speech and everything else like that, it's actually very easy to go back in and just add some quick things to add to the production value. But again, if you're a solopreneur, if you are just doing this yourself, we really don't have the time for it. So what are some of the trends that I'm seeing? What can we do to help actually cut back on production value? Now, some of the podcasts that I have seen under the YouTube podcast platform, they go back and they'll say something, right? The host will say something, they will finish the sentence, and all of a sudden I see their head jump, you know, maybe two or three inches to the right. There's like a hard cut in there. So maybe when they got done with that particular sentence, they took maybe 10 or 15 seconds to catch their breath, think about what they were going to talk about next, or maybe they started talking about something and they're like, you know what? I don't like how that sounded, so we're going to edit that out. And then they pause for a second and then they start talking about something else and then they like that take. So what I'm seeing in there is that just like if you were editing a document, being able to go in and be able to edit those things out quickly is, first off, it's awesome to be able to do that. But second off, they are not adding production value to try to smooth over the cut, right? They're not cutting away to some B-roll footage or something else like that. It is all about the person looking at the camera and just talking. Super simple. There's no three camera setup. There isn't, you know, I have, you know, some of the places do have studios, but they've been doing this for a while. Like I said, they've got the budget for this, but a bulk of the podcasts that I've seen and I've looked at out there literally is almost, you know, somebody sitting on the couch, they're comfortable, they're looking at a camera, they've got a microphone in front of them, and they're talking. That's it. If they go back and they cut something out, they cut it out. But it's the same thing with the audio. You would do the same thing if you were recording something for your podcast. You didn't even have a video component. It's what you say. It's the audio portion that matters. So when I see this on there and I'm thinking, okay, well, obviously they're not concerned with roughing out the cuts or doing anything else like that. Their focus is on the audio, not on the video part. This actually goes against everything that YouTube is for. Because when you produce video, it's always the high quality video that you want out there. People, you know, for the sound thing, that could always come and go. But for the video component, if your video looks really bad, looks really nasty, then people aren't going to watch it because somebody else has put out a video on the same topic and it actually looks really good right? Because we, we want that entertainment, right? Again, that production value. But in podcast land, that's not there. It's all about the audio, right? It's all about the content, which is great. And as I said before, and you're picking up on this, most of them I see out there is just one camera, probably one light source, and just people talking into their you know, their microphone, recording it. So it's great. So as far as the implementation goes, you could actually start recording video podcast on the cheap. Just make sure that your audio quality is there. So if we're thinking about this from a business standpoint, right, what are some of the things that we need to think about, right? And using this to be able to help grow the business. Well, the first thing that comes to mind, of course, is what I talked about at the beginning of this podcast. Keep in mind that right now, YouTube isn't showing any ads on their podcast, which I think is great. If you are going to create this video and put it out there and it's going to be on their podcast page, it's awesome that they're not trying to run an ad at the beginning, at the end, or even in the middle. I can't tell you the number of times, like one particular video I was watching the other day, it seemed like every two minutes YouTube was running 
to ads, right? They were interrupting the video. I'm like, good grief. I just want to watch this content, right? And it was actually a very popular video. So I get them wanting to run ads, but it was to the point where it was starting to get distracting. Right? I was actually having a very poor experience on the platform. On the podcast, they are not doing this. Now, that could change down the road. That could change six weeks from now. That could change six months from now. Because I go onto their podcast page and I take a look at their you know, most popular videos and stuff. And these people are getting millions of views. These podcasters that are out there, which is absolutely great. I applaud them for their success. And at some point in time, I just get this gut feeling that YouTube's going to come around and they're going to say, you know what? We're going to start running ads against your content. Oh, we'll do a rev share model too, by the way. Unless you don't have a certain number of subscribers, unless you don't have a certain number of hours maintained, they will start running their own ads. So how is this going to work with your call to action? Right? How is this going to work with getting people off the platform? Because remember, part of this too is that YouTube wants to keep you on the platform. The longer you're on the platform, the more ads that they can throw at you, the more money they make. It's just that easy. So I know that there's stats out there that talk about, oh, you know, certain number of subscribers and people will click through because you got, oh, click on the link down below or click on the card, which by the way, on my phone, I very rarely see that card pop up. They always say that all the time. Click here if you want to see this. I very rarely see that. Right. So I don't know if it's something with, with the iPhone and the YouTube app or whatever it is, but just keep that in mind, right? Your call to action in there because you want people to do things. Don't forget to add that into your content as you are producing it. Now, a couple of things do excite me about this, but they're still working through it. I know that YouTube is still relatively new to the game, right? So what are some things that I see that could happen that YouTube could, could really go and make this something that's really powerful, right? Well, first off, YouTube could go for a paid podcast hosting service. You just upload your video, not even worry about the audio content, right? You've recorded your audio, you put it together in a video, you stick it up there on YouTube, but YouTube could actually be a audio hosting provider like a Libsyn or a Captivate or something else like that. And then they could distribute your audio content onto all of these other podcast platforms and directories that are out there like Apple Podcast or Spotify or Stitcher. So that could actually be something cool, right? Being able to put that in there and charge 10 bucks a month or something else like that. And who knows, they could do a free component as well to their hosting service. But oh, if you're going to do the free component, we're going to charge ads against it. That right there kind of creeps me out because I don't want any ads against my stuff that I am not directly responsible for. If people are going to pay me to run ads on my content, I want to keep that for myself. I want to keep people on point. This is exactly the reason why I tell people when they're like, oh, you know, I can just use Anchor because it's free. Well, it's free today, but they could always come back and start running ads whenever they want. Remember, it's the terms and service. It's not a contract, right? When you start uploading content to them, they can change their terms of service whenever they want. The next part that has me really excited is Google has really perfected the art of the search engine. Being able to type in terms and they serve up content, they spend a lot of time thinking about how do we find the best content? How do we categorize it? How we put it together? People spend a lot of time creating quality content because they know that the quality of their content with uh, some good SEO keywords that are in there is going to help them to be able to rank higher. And Google does that with YouTube as well. As I said before, their whole entire purpose of 
you being on YouTube is they actually want to keep you on YouTube. So I go to Apple Podcast, I go to Spotify, I'll go to Stitcher. And the only thing I have is that little search bar at the top. So if I wanted to search for a podcast around, let's say like personal finance, those search results are abysmal. They don't differentiate between podcasts that are current and podcasts that have been in pod fade for 20 years. There is no difference. They just serve them up. If it's in the title, they give it, right? They just put it out there. And I got to tell you this, I love Stitcher as a podcast platform. There's a few reasons why I use it, but I hate, <laughs> I hate their search capability in there because it is horrible. I could actually type, literally type in the name of the podcast into Stitcher and it will not appear. So I don't know if that's because they haven't submitted it to Stitcher. Apparently Stitcher, I thought, went for Apple Podcasts. So anyways, there's all of these other platforms that are out there. You don't know where at any point in time your podcast is. You know, a lot of the times that I've gone in there, it was, you know, I have this list of podcast directories that I go and I hit. And some of them only are like maybe half percent, like 0.05% of the market. Whereas like Apple and Spotify are like 80%. So I always make sure that I go there, right? I always tell my clients, make sure that you're at least there because you can cover the 20%. But then you have to go to like another 10, 12, 15 uh, podcast players to their specific directories because God only knows they can't use Apple Podcast and submit it to them as well. So just the sheer fact that you can go to these, you know, Apple Podcast, Spotify, whatever it is, and type something in, you can't get the answer to your question. Google, on the other hand, wants to give you the answer to the question. So this right there really excites me because Google is going to spend a lot of time, they're going to get to this point where this is happening, but they're going to spend a lot of time figuring out, okay, how is this going to work? How can we give the best search results? Because right now, if you have two podcasts that are side by side, like let's say it is about the world of uh, personal finance. I got two podcasts that are side by side. One of them hasn't produced any content in five years. The other one is current. They're producing episodes you know, once a week. Google can give priority to the people who are actively producing content, right? How old is this content? And do we really want to show that content? Yes or no? Of course, you could always go back into the archives and type that up that where, but this whole process of Apple podcast and Spotify. Right now they're just treating all of it. Just content is all the same, right? It's very rudimentary. And I've often said this before, if these podcast engines could actually figure out how to give good, meaningful results to people, then there wouldn't be a need for us to go to like a Google or someplace else like that. We wouldn't have to ask people for recommendations. Right? We could just go to the Apple Podcast app, type it in, be like, hey, personal finance, and boom, it shows you you know, the best of the best. These are the ones that are based on number of subscribers, the number of positive reviews, when they released content. You know, and I say this before because there's a huge difference between if somebody released an episode five years ago versus if somebody did it today. Laws change, right? Circumstances change, market changes. I go to YouTube because I want to learn how to do something. I want to like actually know like the current way to do it. Right? I'm using my Mac right now, and I think I'm on version Monterey. Why would I go back and watch videos about Catalina? The interface has changed. Things have switched. Right, Things have moved around on the page. So why would I go in there to learn something? And, and I always look at the date. When was this particular piece of content published? You know, Was it published 
a year ago? Was it published a month ago? Was it published 10 years ago? So all of that's important. So if you are very consistent with your podcast, like let's say you were coming out with an episode once a week and you can do this on a video platform as well, this is like a golden opportunity, like I said. On the flip side of the coin though, and this is something that I really struggle with and it really annoys me, is I can't figure out how to just search podcast in YouTube. Whenever I use their little search bar at the top, and if I were to type in, you know, personal finance podcast, it's going to show me primarily videos. Podcasts are like way further down on the page, but the first top results are always just videos. Why? Because YouTube is a business. They want you to watch the videos because that's where they serve ads, right? So it's not a true blended result. It would be awesome if I was on the YouTube podcast page and there was an option that just said, hey, just search podcast, right? I want to see a podcast, you know, talking about mindset or whatever it is. And who knows, maybe I'll even want to be able to, you know, subscribe to this once I get on there. But again, it's just one of those things where you have to actually look up the people that are on there, the name of the podcast that are on there to be able to uh, subscribe to it. So again, I get it. YouTube is a business. They're trying to make money, but I don't want the blended results. If I'm looking for podcasts, that's what I want to do is I want to search the podcast, right? I want to get a podcast episode so I can put it on and listen to it. I don't want to watch a video because they're going to be doing all this eye candy that's on there. And who knows, I'll be in the middle of making a sandwich or something. And the guy will actually say, well, if you take a look at this chart here, I can't. Right? I'm in the middle of doing something. Remember, we watch podcasts or we listen to podcasts, excuse me, because podcasts is what's going on in the background, right? While we're driving down the road, when we're out in the yard gardening, when we're out for a walk, right? This is the nature of podcasts. So if they could get that figured out, this could be very powerful. So as far as a recommendation goes, if you are able to just quickly be able to add it without spending all this money and, and taking all this effort and time to try to come up with the perfect YouTube studio and got to get the right lighting and I got to get this camera with these settings on here and I got to do all this other stuff and I got to make this huge investment, it might be worthwhile for you to instead of focusing all your time and effort on just trying to figure out a video component, if you just spent that time focusing on biz dev, grow your business, get more clients get more customers, remain strategic in what it is that you want to do. If you already have all this equipment and it's just sitting around collecting dust, and if you can produce a video, just get it out there super quick, then by all means, explore, try it out, see what happens, right? If you let it go for six months or if you let it go for a year and you're not seeing any traction, you're not seeing anybody engaging with your content, your subscribers have gone from one to two in a year. Then you can go back and make a decision to say, you know what? I've been doing it this way. I'm not getting very much results. Should I continue to do this? Yes or no? And that's a question that you could definitely ask yourself. I, on the other hand, I am thinking that this is something that I'm going to want to try at some point. But it's only going to try if it can make sense for me. If I can only open up the time in my schedule, because I have a lot of things that are going on. I have a lot of responsibilities that are outside of my business that I have to take care of. I got trips to the doctor and there's grocery shopping trips, you know, and there's could be like if you're a parent, right? You got to take your kids to soccer game or whatever it is. I've got all this content I'm producing. I am out there driving around the state of Michigan, collecting interviews for my side podcast. So anything that I have to do has to be able to fit within the confines 
of my day. And typically at five o'clock, my day is over because at that point there, I'm busy making supper, getting that onto the table. And then there's a few hours where I just relax at the end of the day, give my brain a break. break. I'm not going to go and produce content and say, well, if I just work one extra hour a day, no, that's not the game that I'm playing. My business fits into my life, not the other way around. So I will probably cross this bridge when, when I get a little bit more time in my schedule. If I can figure out, hey, you know what, maybe if I stop doing this, I could start doing this, whatever it is, but it's a give and take, right? That's the model that I'm following. That is what I always recommend to my clients. It's really up to you to take a look at it, figure it out. And we can always brainstorm this together. If you are interested in adding video to what it is that you're doing, uh, my recommendation, head over to podcastingwithcliff.com. Let's schedule a session. Let's go over what your schedule is, what it looks like, what you see would be the vision for it, how, how you would be able to do it. How could you leverage this powerful platform uh, to be able to get your message out in front of more people? Once again, that's podcastingwithcliff.com. And I will catch you in the next episode. Cheers. Cheers.